Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. How many times this team rips my heart out? I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCain, credentialed member of Dodgers Media. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. We're breaking down the latest rumors about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. The Dodgers' uh, rumor about the offer they could potentially make is out. We're going to talk about that, the implications, how much would he truly cost after the posting fees. And we're also going to talk about Corbin Burns. Could Corbin Burns become an option for the Dodgers if they aren't able to sign Yoshinobu? Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We had some very interesting comments from Ben Verlander about the signing of Shohei Otani and its impact. I got some very interesting thoughts about that that I want to get into. Where will Cody Bellinger sign? So we've got a jam-packed show, so we got everything you need to know about Dodger baseball in less than an hour. But let's go down below in the comment section. Welcome to another live episode of Dodgers Dugout. We got Samuel Ellis, Yams in the bag. Think about it. Who gives Yams the best chance of getting a ring this year in the next five years? Samuel Ellis. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same token, is that the top priority for Yamamoto? Or is it money? Is it being the guy in a franchise? He could be the star of the New York Mets. He could be a star among stars for the New York Yankees. Certainly you have Garrett Cole, a Cy Young winner. You have Carlos Rodon, but the pinstripes are also very, very appealing to a lot of players out there. Or does he want to try to win a championship with the Los Angeles Dodgers? And I do agree that if you look at next season, this is an organization that has pushed all their chips in the middle of the table. They want to win as badly as any organization in the sport right now. And that's absolutely something that I guarantee is very enticing for him and something he's strongly consider we got Ben Verlander's Shohei's plus one that's from THT Muller that's a finish him in a roaring stadium their silence is deafening 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas them home in a roaring stadium their silence is deafening 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas bring them home We got uh, Yam to L.A. We got uh, signed Blake Snell. Blake Snell's not on the table. And what have I told you for this entire time? But they were never going to pursue Blake Snell. I told you that for months now. And that certainly looks like it's the case at the moment. The Dodgers have 
reportedly not shown much interest in Blake Snell. We got Fernando Moreno, Dodgers versus Yankees 2024 World Series. Kike's what happened to my dude? Hey, I think Kike's could still be in play. I would not totally rule that out. If you sign Yamamoto, he goes to the Hall of Fame in your cap and you retire his number 18 and he's only 25. That's from Justin Lombus. Justin, love your takes, love your baseball knowledge, but let's pump the brakes a little bit and not put someone that has never thrown a pitch at the big league level in the Hall of Fame. So I do think there is a world where the Dodgers could be just fine if they get a pitcher elsewhere if they don't sign Yamamoto. The only sign they absolutely had to have this offseason 100% was Shohei Otani, and they did just that. But let's dive into the latest on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So this is from Jack Harris of the Los Angeles Times. I highly recommend going and reading his piece about Yamamoto. He reports that the Dodgers are considering making him an offer in the 250 to $300 million Range, And he also would say that you got teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, the Giants, Red Sox, Phillies, and Blue Jays are in the mix with mainly the Dodgers, Yankees, and the Mets, the top teams vying for him. You've heard some other reports that Boston had made him an offer in the $300 million range. Well, yesterday, Jeff Passan, he reported that the bidding hadn't begun yet. So it's been some conflicting reports as to how the offers are coming in. When you look at his posting date, we're going to know by the very latest January 4th, hopefully by this week. But there are some reports that maybe we learn after Christmas. But we are closing in on Yoshinobu Yamamoto and when he's going to sign, who he's going to sign with. And don't kid yourself. This is the biggest story in Major League Baseball right now. Where will the top free agent pitcher pitch? Typically, you don't see pitchers that are aces and that are they have the potential to be frontline starters in the prime of their careers at age 25. Typically, you're going to see these guys at 29 and 30, like you're seeing Blake Snell, like you're seeing guys like that. But no, this is an ace. This is someone who's dominated in Japan, the second best league on the planet, a 121 ERA last season, a sub two ERA in his career. Someone who no hitters in two consecutive seasons, someone who's won multiple Salamora awards and MVPs. So this is someone who has great stuff. It's going to play up, can hit 99 best fork ball in the game. So there's no doubt about his talent and how much he can help clubs. The only question is, Will that offer from the Dodgers get it done? Will 250 to $300 million get it done if you're LA? Well, let's look at this. I feel like I'm at the cash register right now that I'm tallying up their total because you have a posting fee and whoever signs Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to owe the Buffaloes a 20% fee on the first 25 million. So that's 5 million, 17 and a half million on the next 25 million and 15% with everything past that. So if the Dodgers offered him 250 million, that equates to a 39.375 million in posting fees. And then when you consider where the Dodgers are at from a luxury tax standpoint, they've dipped into the luxury tax for three straight years. So they'd be taxed at a 62% rate for spending between 257 and 277. So it would push them past that. So then you'd be looking at, $17 million around that in taxes for the Dodgers if they make this signing at that price. So you're looking at over $306 million 
if you make that signing, if he's willing to accept that offer. So I think you would see some opt-outs in that deal. We've heard reports that it would be a complicated deal for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I definitely think that would be the case in this situation and that there is a world where maybe you stretch the years We've heard some rumors recently that you could stretch it to 12 to 14 years, and that would reduce the AAV of the contract, give the Dodgers some financial flexibility. But that remains to be seen. I think you're not going to see the deferrals like we've seen in Mookie's and Freddie's and, of course, Otani's contract. But I do think the fact that, one, Otani structured his contract the way he did to give the Dodgers the opportunity to add to the roster to be able to spend money and put talent around him. And the fact that Otani was a part of that recruiting process lets you know that the Dodgers are going to give it their best effort to try to acquire him, right? They want to prove to Otani that, yeah, you did us a solid by deferring all that money. We're going to put that money to use and try to go out there and then get an elite starting pitcher that you clearly have given your stamp of approval for. So I think my biggest takeaway from this is you don't see reports like this for by accident. You don't see reports like this unless the organization, the agents, the executives are behind it. It's very rare that you see concrete information about potential offers surface, not just through Twitter or a radio show, but no, for the LA Times. So that tells me that the Dodgers were behind this information being leaked or presented and I think this is an optics thing. I think this is the Dodgers going out there and proving that they're willing to spend big on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And then if he does side with the Yankees or the Mets, it's clear that they did make an aggressive and competitive offer. I still believe at the end of the day, it's a lifestyle choice for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. If he wants to be in LA, if he wants to play for the Dodgers and play with Shohei Otani, then I think that the Dodgers can make something happen. If he wants to play for the Yankees, a team that scouted him for a very long time, a team that had Brian Cashman and the contingency there numerous times throughout the year, they had to scout at every single game. And then you have Stephen Cohen and the Mets who have been very high on him and hot on his tracks as well. Then yeah, that could be the case. If you talk to insiders right now, it does feel like the Yankees have the inside track in signing him, but the Dodgers are clearly proving that they are willing to spend big on a starting pitcher as well as they already brought in Shohei Otani. So that's where we stand right now with Yamamoto is that the Dodgers are reportedly considering presenting an offer in the 250 to $300 range. So that's them operating at the top of the market for the best free agent pitcher available They've already signed the best player available in Shohei Otani, but clearly they want Yamamoto to fortify this rotation. Now, are there some cons with Yamamoto? Let's say you want to spend big on him. You've seen the highlights. You know he's filthy. Now, the big question is the unknown, the uncertainty. Like I said, when he throws his first pitch, he's already going to set a record for the most money ever given out to a player that has never played at the big league level, right? He's already going to set that record as soon as the ink dries on that contract. Now, the mound is different. The ball is different in the show. Not as tacky, a little heavier. You're pitching more. The hitters are better. The strike zone is different at times. I still think his stuff's going to play up. I truly do. But 
Until it does, it's still the mystery box. It's still the uncertain situation where you just never know. And if you're this Dodgers team that is built to win next year, can you bank on the fact that Yamamoto in year one, we saw the great year that Kodai Senga has. I'm not doubting it can happen. I'm just saying if I want to play a little devil's advocate here and just play the card of if it this doesn't happen, well, you don't have to run the risk. Now, Tyler Glasnow, he was on foul territory, and he made a pitch for Yamamoto to go to the Dodgers. And don't kid yourself, I would love, absolutely love to see Yamamoto in L.A. I was talking about it before anyone. And, yes, I still do want to see that. But, for me, if they didn't get Otani, that would feel like the end of the world. I needed Otani like I needed oxygen, right? Yamamoto, I really, really want I absolutely want, but if it does not happen, the Dodgers do have options and it will not be the end of the world. There is a world where the Dodgers win the World Series next season without Yamamoto. I'm not so sure that would be the case without Shohei Otani. So give me your thoughts on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Do you feel better about the Dodgers' chances right now? Do you feel worse about the Dodgers' chances right now? Me personally, I think that the Dodgers went massive with Otani. And that was one of the few players in history that they were willing to just do whatever it took from a financial standpoint, a contractual standpoint to get. Where is Yamamoto? I think they're going to go back to being a little more pragmatic and sensible with the way they're going to throw money. I don't think they're going to go F you money like a Stephen Cohen potentially could. The Jeff Bezos of baseball. But Los, what's up, DMAC? I think they signed Lucas Giolito no matter what happens with Yamamoto, Los. Yeah, we've talked about that on this show Giolito makes a lot of sense because if you count the innings up and down this rotation, yes, you have Glasnow who feels healthy. The organization feels good about where he is as a health standpoint. He has had the synthetic different Tommy John 2.0. He's not waking up sore anymore, and hopefully he can go 150 innings, but until we see it, it's uncharted waters. Walker Buehler is going to be on a pitch count. Bobby Miller's coming off his first full-ish season in the show. Dustin May could be back at some point next season. You still need guys to eat those innings. You need some workhorses. Lucas Giolito, I think, could be a possibility. We talked about Sean Manaya as a possibility. I think one of those second, third-tier-ish starters on a shorter-term deal that you can just kind of run into the ground in the regular season could absolutely help this rotation. And I do think that if you're going to go back to securing your frontline starter on the trade market, whether it be a Corbin Burns, who we'll talk about in a second here, a Dylan Cease, a pitcher like that, then I do think that opens things up for a shorter-term deal, maybe a Giolito on a two-year, 40-something million-dollar deal with an opt-out after one with the hopes that he can re-enter the market and sign a $100-plus million-dollar deal if you're a Lucas Giolito, because I'm telling you, Giolito still thinks he's that guy and he's out to prove it next year. But James Dodgers should sign Giolito. We got Pigo Yamamoto is a completely different person from Shohei. He is quite flashy and loves money. So he should go to the Yankees to shine, which he wants. That's from our friend over on YouTube, Pico. We got Jonah. Okay, I'll pass on Yamamoto. John, I feel worse. This contract is getting crazy. Justin Lamas. It is Yamamoto's choice at the end of the day. Exactly. It is called free agency. They could offer him a billion dollars. If he wants to be a Yankee, he's going to be a Yankee. If he wants to be in New York, he's going to be in New York. Really, I mean, those are great options, right? 
New York, LA, big markets. Me, I think the West Coast is the best coast, but that's just me. Roki, 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 Roki. Josh, yeah, look, that's another thing too. Uh, we'll talk more about Roki Sasaki. We talked about him last year with Jose Moda. And the biggest question is, if you look at his contract situation, does he have that out? Can he find some way to get posted? Because I'll tell you this, Roki Sasaki has as much upside potential as any pitcher on planet Earth right now. That's how good he is. He's an actual phenom. When it comes to raw stuff, this guy was made in a laboratory to be an ace, absolute dominant starting pitcher. So, yeah, that's definitely a prize. And when Andrew Friedman was on this show a few weeks ago, we talked about pitchers, and I asked Andrew Friedman, I said, hey, when are we going to dip back into the Japanese pitching market with guys kind of outside of a Shohei Otani? And he talked about how the talent has developed over there and how pitching talent specifically continues to rise. And if you go back and watch that interview, Andrew Friedman says, yeah, there's a couple guys getting posted this year. And he, of course, was referring to Yamamoto and Imanaga. But they also said some guys down the line. And I think that that was referring to Roki Sasaki. So there's a lot of interesting nuggets. If you go back and watch that Andrew Friedman interview, I was told by someone who saw the interview that when Friedman was talking about early in the interview, having FaceTime some free agents, well, that free agent was Shohei Otani. So if you go back and watch the first part of the interview, that's who he was referring to. So you got to look for those breadcrumbs and those nuggets. Uh, big shout out to Andrew Friedman. We saw him on the day they signed Shohei Otani, and that smile was huge, man. He's got the Andrew Friedman smile. He was like an Andrew Friedman coronation and could not be happy about the success that he's had. Just an absolute masterclass this offseason. The contract is getting crazy. 100% on target if he doesn't sign with the Dodgers, Gilbert Ruiz. Angie, everything I'm reading about Yamamoto Wants to be on a large stage and in the spotlight. I agree. Don't think the Dodgers go crazy for him. Look, Angie, the Yankees are the Yankees. No doubt about that. 27 World Series, New York City, the pinstripes, the big market, the NY. We get it. That logo, by the way, New York was actually originally a Tiffany's created logo for a firefighter award. Won't get into the history of the Yankees logo. But anyways, I digress. Well, guess what? The biggest show in baseball is going to be the Dodgers for the foreseeable future. And that's why this is such an impactful move for L.A. because you get the biggest superstar in the game in Shohei Otani. And you're going to see more games televised. You're going to see more media. You're going to see more buzz. The Dodgers are the biggest show in the show. And it's because of Shohei. So, it's going to be an exciting time to be Dodgers, to be on the Dodgers if you're Yoshinobu Yamamoto. If you want the big stage, Dodgers are the big stage for the next 10 years, even bigger than the Yankees because of Shohei Otani. Let's not forget, biggest stadium in baseball, it is in New York. It's at Chavez Ravine. It's Dodger Stadium where you're 55,000 strong, and that thing's going to be sold out throughout the entire season. They're going to lead the league in attendance. So the biggest stage right now is Dodger Stadium in my eyes. Uh, hey, D-Mac, what up, Carnivorous Lunar Activity? Lowe's, thank you, D-Mac. What up, Lowe's over there? Gar Humpson, the new Dodgers tickets in the upper sets, 5,000, parking 1,000, hot dogs 150, the future. Look, I mean, yeah, those are going to be nice, but, I mean, you just saw eight home runs, so it's worth it, right? But, yeah, no, I did see something over on Instagram yesterday. It was a post. Let me pull it up because I thought this was pretty interesting. 
so this is from a post on Instagram from Front Office Sports. The average ticket price for the Dodgers opener before signing Shohei Otani was $580, which is already a lot. $580, that's a lot. I got a Klarna that, right? But the average ticket price for the Dodgers opener after signing Shohei Otani, $1,236. I'm need a lot of super chats. Well, I go to the game for free as media, but if I didn't, I would need a lot of super chats. You'd probably see my kidney on Craigslist. I mean, unbelievable how high those ticket prices are. Are you guys going to opening day? Because those tickets are going to be very, very pricey for what's going to be a legendary day for sure. Audio's better. All right, cool. Uh, $5 super chat. Did Miller qualify for rookie of the year? Hope not. He did get a nice little bonus pool money. I will say if you want to talk about Bobby Miller, he did get a nice little bonus. Did he? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But a couple more comments, then we're going to switch gears. We got pass on mediocre Giolito and Manaya. Mike Rodriguez is Kirsch coming back. Santiago Venegas. It feels like all signs point to him coming back to Major League Baseball. He clearly, after listening to him talk to the great David Vassay on Dodger Talk on AM570, that he is going to be back at some point. Will it be with the Dodgers? Will it be with the Rangers? That's the only question. He will be wearing a blue hat. I can guarantee you that. I've said it on this show before. I'll say it again. I still can't picture a world where Clayton Kershaw pitches for another team other than the Los Angeles Dodgers, but that's what we know right now. The surgery went well with Dr. Neil Elitrotch. He actually told Vassay that he actually slept over at his house after the surgery. Shows you how cool Dr. Neil Elitrotch is, right? I'm sure he's got a very big mansion somewhere because he's one of the world's best surgeons. But if he can get healthy again and he can be effective, I think that he's too much of a competitor and has too much pride to have his career end the way that it did with the worst start of his professional career. Guarantee he wants to give it one more crack. Tupac or Biggie? That's a good question. I think Biggie is the best lyricist in rap history. Tupac, to me, is better because I'm from the West Coast, and he's my favorite artist of all time, along with a couple others. But uh, I love Biggie. I love Tupac. I mean, love both of them, to be honest with you. But uh, great question. Biggie, though, to me, lyrically, maybe Nas, maybe Rakim, I mean, I'm not getting into full-blown rap uh, takes here, but Biggie, unbelievable. But the Sasaki won't be available until 2026, 2027. Bieber is trending down. Geo's plays. Why would any rational person want to be a Yankee? That's from Geo. I'll give you that a, a fire take. Yeah, join the party. Yeah, right? That's what the Dodgers right now. We got to get Montgomery and trade for Jesus. So, Jack, over on YouTube. So, in Jack Harris's article... He says that if they don't sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto, that likely they're going to explore the trade market and not pursue signing Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery. Wait a second. Where'd I hear that before? Who's been saying that for weeks that they would do that? That's right. That's me. I've been saying that. That if they didn't get Yamamoto, that they would not pursue signing Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. I think it's for a couple different reasons. Other than the fact that, yes, you are a, they are Scott Boris clients, but I also think that Blake Snell, that's going to be an overpay, right? And then Jordan Montgomery, I don't think that they, for the price he's going to get, they think he moves the needle enough. I would much rather cash in on the trade chips. I would rather have Jesus Luzardo, who on his best day is lights out. We're talking about a 13 strikeout type guy, best four-seam fastball for the lefties. I mean, I think that for me, I would go the trade route, get some 
team control, cashing all these prospects, try to get a cease, try to get a Corbin Burns versus go the Montgomery route or the Blake Snell route. I've always sat right there firmly. But uh, Geo for Lynn's jockstrap, that's Samuel Ellis. That's a bruh. bruh. We got get Montgomery and trade for Jesus. What I miss? What up, Alex over there? Who's the top batter you want them to pursue? It's look, I mean, obviously, if Randy Arozarena was available, then that absolutely would be a top choice for sure. As far as Teoscar Hernandez, will they go that route? Will they go that big for a guy? I, I'm just not so sure they will. I mean, there was a report earlier that uh, from Jorge Castillo where he said the Dodgers were interested in Teoscar Hernandez, and Teoscar Hernandez definitely does a lot of things really well. He's a guy that does have pop, but he's someone that could sign a contract in the 70, 80, 90 million dollar range. And I'm just not so sure the Dodgers want to go that high for that kind of player. I think they'd much rather possibly wait for either the trade deadline to add someone. For example, if they added Tommy Pham, like I was hoping they would at the deadline last year. Yes, I know there was a family feud when he slapped Jock Peterson. I get that. But I mean, come on, who doesn't slap their friends in, fa in fantasy football. I know our producer Jordan does, but now I'm just playing. But seriously, I mean, I just don't know if they're going to go that route. And look, you need a right-handed bat. I'm not saying Kike is your everyday right-handed bat. It's going to hit you 25 to 30 home runs, but he does provide some versatility. But we're going to spend a whole episode tomorrow on some outfield options they could pursue in free agency and via the trade market. But a couple more, we're going to talk about Corbin Burns. I'm excited to talk about Corbin Burns, who could be back on the market. DMAC is on. Work stops. Appreciate you, Doug Slayton, over there. Bring JT back. I'm going to read some JT tweets a little bit. What's up, Dodgers Nation? What up, Mike Saldana? Bruce Davis in the house. We got Dylan McKay. Dodgers are the second biggest team. And if they win one more World Series, they pass up the Yanks for sure. Dylan, that's a fire take right there, man. It's a fire oh, take. I'm going to give you some it's a fire take. Love on that. Dave Roberts says the Dodgers could utilize an outfielder. Absolutely. Don't forget, they just traded for Margot. Margot definitely has the potential to be around league average and above league average as an outfielder defensively. So that definitely provides value. Okay. Uh, Chris says Margot got to be traded. Don't see him as a fit on our team. Include him in a package for a pitcher like Burns or Cease. I mean, I think that, like I said, I've been calling Margot the Glasnow tax, right? I think that was a part of the reason why he was attached to that deal because the the Rays knew how bad the Dodgers wanted Glasnow, and the Rays, they're in uncharted waters as far as a potential $126 million payroll before that trade, and they wanted to shed that $10 million that was left on his contract plus a $2 million buyout. So that was a part of that, and I still think the Dodgers, I'm not comparing him to a Miguel Rojas but he is someone that I think the Dodgers view as serviceable. Remember, we're not playing fantasy baseball in a two-team league, okay? You're not going to have Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman-like players at every single position. It's just not realistic. So sometimes you just kind of have to make that up in the aggregate, in the margins, and you could do worse than a Jason Hayward. If they get the Jason Hayward from last year and the Manuel Margot outside of the trop where his splits are better where you get, have been situations where he has a 108 weighted runs created plus 8% above league average against left-handed pitching, then you're going to be in a pretty good situation production-wise in that corner outfield spot.
We got Brian Kike back. Santiago, is there any truth to the report that Yamamoto doesn't want to play for LA because he doesn't want to be in the shadow of Otani? We talked about that yesterday, Santiago, and no one knows 100% if that's true. I think that you could find the logic in it, possibly. I mean, the reality is if there's any of that at all whatsoever, then yeah, that's the biggest shadow of all the shadows, right? I mean, that shadow is as big as it could possibly get. But I think there's also a world where you become a star even bigger because your entire country, 112 million people in Japan, their eyeballs are going to be on the Dodgers and Otani. I think they'll be watching the Yankees too if Yoshinobu Yamamoto's on that team. But I will also say that if he's on the Dodgers, he will continue to build his star power as well. And it'd be great for him from a branding standpoint. But he's in a great situation. Let's just point that out. It's really a win-win it's really what kind of ice cream flavor do you like? Do you like cookie dough? Do you like cookies and cream? Both are bomb. Both are fire. Both are delicious. It's just, what's your favorite? Does he like the Yankees Mets? Does he like New York? Does he like LA? Does he like the Dodgers? So it's rare that we see the two marquee franchises in on the same free agent target when it's really, they're the top two. It's a rare, rare occurrence. And we're seeing it right here. We got God Montgomery and trade. Jesus thoughts. Uh, get I think I think they're not in on Montgomery so I think I've talked about him I've broken him down this show does a lot of things great to me he's like a Ford F-150 man it's like a Ford Montgomery does things really good not at one thing great by the way F-150 has been the top selling truck in America for the last 46 years but I canceled my season tickets last year and I don't regret it at all waste of money from MB were you an option Mr. Death way down there I would love to see you back but that's has not been in the talks right now. Buy Tim Anderson for a discount. La Collection over there on YouTube. Nando 390. Kershaw is an old fart, and his voice is old in the clubhouse. Wow, that's some harsh stuff over there from uh, our boy Nando 390. We got uh, Kersh is staying. Get Montgomery. L.A. all day. Let's read some more. Tupac from J underscore smooth. Tupac is from New York. He absolutely is from New York, but come on now, Oakland. And really, when he uh, really started to get on with uh, Digital Underground, goes on tour with them. Nas, greater than signed Jay-Z. Yeah, by the way, do me a huge favor. If you really want to support the channel, hit that like button. really helps us out, keeps Dodgers Nation growing and creates more giveaways that we're definitely going to keep doing. And yes, yeah, the number one Dodgers show on YouTube is all thanks to you guys. Wu-Tang, Ghost Bear. Yep, Wu-Tang, one of my favorite for sure. This is turning into a rap. Uh, hip hop uh, stream. I like it. I listened to uh, th th the Thinny D Mac. Uh, Yankees suck. Uh, Yankees suck. I like that. Throwing it out there. Carlos D Mac, if you ever have Roberts on your show, can you please punch him in the face? Come on. I got I, I to gotta read these. Bruh. I am Ron Burgundy over here reading the comments. No, just read them straight up. But uh, no, I absolutely will not do that. Okay. I'll never be allowed near. No, come on. Doc's my guy. Please stop. Kendrick Lamar, that is all. Mr. Death. Kendrick Lamar, yeah. Someone said Kendrick Lamar, that is all. Well, guess what? If the Dodgers don't side Yamamoto, they're going to be all right. See what right there? Uh, Chris Cross, okay. Give my. Okay, so let's jump into the next story here. We actually, let's hit the super chat and we'll dive into this next one. DMAC, great post putting this. Uh, okay, I got you on that one. Team Kike, extend Bueller, please. Adam Duvall would be good. That's a sneaky option. I'm going to dive into that possibility to Mara. Okay, so 
Let's hit. Uh, here's a super chat. Nine 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 from Francisco Diaz. For those who are against Kershaw coming back, take this into consideration. The last time he pitched, July through October, was twenty twenty, and look how he performed that postseason. Let's give him one more go in LA. I love that point, Francisco Diaz. I haven't seen anyone really bring that up, and it's a fantastic point in that Kirsch pitched very well in the World Series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Didn't have a great start there in the NLCS against the Braves definitely had a little bit of a struggle there, but still for that, he definitely pitched well. When you look at the Padres series, we look at the Brewers series had those, those 13 strikeouts and in the world series that year against the Tampa Bay Rays. If you look at his numbers, he ended up with a two starts, a two thirty one. ERA in 11 and two-thirds innings. So he's able to get past that finish line and have stuff left in the tank. So that's a great point that if he does come back later next season, he's going to have a lot left in the tank, a lot of tread on the tires to finish strong. So I think that's a fantastic point. But let's dive into our next topic, and that is about Corbin Burns. So Corbin Burns is someone who, if you've watched this show for a long enough time, you know I've been very high on. He really became my number one target for the Dodgers after Luis Castillo was traded to the Seattle Mariners. I immediately pivoted to trying to manifest Burns to LA and John Morosi, our friend, he was on MLB network. And he said, if Yamamoto does not go to the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers and Burns become a potential pairing. He would also say that it's not a foregone conclusion that you will see a package deal with Adamus and Burns. You, there's talk that the Toronto Blue Jays or potentially the Giants could look to go after Adamas. But Burns is someone who is a surefire ace-level pitcher. He is someone that 100% is a game one-level starter. He's made the all-star team the last three years. He won the Cy Young in 2021. He's got one of the most effective cutters in the game. If you look at his baseball savant page, there's Red on red on red when it comes to limiting hard contact and limiting barrels, above average strikeout rate. Yes, he hasn't been lights out every single start in the postseason. He was having an okay start before he gave up those home runs against the Diamondbacks last year. But Corbin Burns is 100% a horse that the Dodgers should strongly consider going after at the right price. And I think what makes it interesting is... One thing I want to point out is this is not going to be a Tyler Glasnow situation. Most likely, if they trade for Corbin Burns, it's going to be a one-year rental. And guess what? I've got news for you. What Tyler Glasnow did was extremely rare for a pitcher with that much potential to sign that extension for $136.5 million just because he liked the situation. He wanted to be a Dodger. I think it still could be a good and he said it already, it's enough money for him. That's fine. I mean, we're talking about generational wealth no matter what. But he could have left some money on the table. Look what Garrett Cole was able to get, over $300 million. Look what Aaron Nola was just able to get, $165 million. Look what Rodon got. So, look, did he maybe cost himself $30, 40 $50 million potentially? Yeah, there's a chance that he did. But guess what he does now, though? He locks himself up. If he does get injured... There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a risk that you take, and now that risk is out of it. He's got himself locked into a contract where he's going to make his money. He's got more money than he's ever going to need. So with Corbin Burns, though, this is a Scott Boris client. And for the most part, 
look, there has been some examples. Jose Altuve, Carlos Gonzalez. You got Steven Strasburg. There are examples, Xander Bogarts. There are examples of Scott Boris clients that haven't completely gone to free agency and gotten that big, big deal, right? But Corbin Burns is someone who I think is absolutely going to go and enter free agency and see what his true value is. In fact, this is what Corbin Burns said on foul territory a few weeks ago. Burns said, being in my shoes, being a year away from free agency, I think if a trade and extension type of deal came up, obviously every guy that gets this close to free agency wants to test the market to see what your true dollar amount is, see what teams really are into you. It would have to be something that would just absolutely blow you away to get you away from testing the free agent market and being able to choose where you want to go. I think that's one thing every player in their career wants to do. Once you get that six years of service time, which for a lot of guys takes seven, eight, sometimes nine years to get to, you want that chance to test the market and see what your top dollar is. So translation, you better give him 200 plus million dollars. You better go crazy and back up an entire fleet of Brinks trucks if you want him to even consider an extension. So the idea of pulling off another trade and extend with Corbin Burns is highly unlikely. It's not impossible, but based on these comments, based on what we've seen in the past, it's most likely not going to happen. But I've got news for you. That's not the worst thing in the world, okay? People forget the Dodgers, they have traded for ace-level pitchers they were on expiring contracts. They've gotten rental aces. Max Scherzer was the best pitcher in baseball until his arm passed away and he had dead arm and he made a business decision against the Atlanta Braves, the NLCS. You Darvish. Yes, they probably should have ended with Verlander. We're going to talk about his brother in a second here. But still, he was the top pitcher available as well. We've seen this team go out there and get ace-level pitchers on rentals to help them win for that year. And yes, the incumbent, you, even if he doesn't sign an extension, you could still bring him in and he could see how much he likes it with the Dodgers, right? How much he likes the Dodgers development and medical staff and their training staff, which is the best in the game. They're pitching and coaching and development with Mark Pryor and Connor McGinnis, right? He could love that and he could see a, a home here in LA. He's from Bakersfield, California. Shout out to the grapevine. So it's home for him. It's a winning situation. So even though you might not get that extension done on the trade, you could theoretically still court him the entire year, and the incumbent team always has a chance. Now, from the Brewers' perspective there, there's a lot of questions as to if they're truly going to trade Corbin Burns because Ken Rosenthal, he reported a couple weeks ago that the Brewers' owner – still was kind of wishy-washy and up in the air about the idea of trading for him because of what happened with the Josh Hader situation when they traded him to the Padres at the 2022 deadline and the backlash with that and the fact that you are in a weak NL Central. And if you look at the rotation that they have, you got Freddie Peralta, you got Wade Miley, he'll be back. You got Adrian Hauser, you got... A lot of pieces there. Devin Williams out of the bullpen. I mean, they've got a lot of pieces there where you can contend in the central. And if you just go through the whole year with Corbin Burns and you can at least extend that qualifying offer, get a draft pick after the first round in 2025, and you can find some value in that. But 
I think this is a situation where the smart organizations, organizations like the Nationals, right, who trade away Scherzer and Turner and Juan Soto, they would have already traded Corbin Burns, right? It does make a lot of sense. You could get more for him in the offseason now, considering the teams are looking for premium starting pitching than you could at the deadline. But I do think ultimately he most likely will get traded. And really, it's going to be interesting to see if they take him to arbitration and they give him the F you there once again because they had a very tumultuous arbitration hearing last year and he's set to make 15, 16 million, something like that. But yeah, I mean, this is guy has been consistently one of the best pitchers in baseball for quite some time. Last four seasons, 622 and a third innings, a sub three ERA at 286, a 30.9% strikeout rate and a 7.1% walk rate. Some of the best stuff in the game. I would love to see Corbin Burns in Dodger blue. I think for next year, what we're looking at, even Dylan seized with two years, I would still have Corbin Burns because he's the more proven commodity. There's no guarantee that Cease gets back to being 22-22 Dylan Cease. So give me Corbin Burns in Dodger blue or Jesus Luzardo or Dylan Cease. And like I said, if you don't get Yamamoto, they're going to be just fine. The plan B is there. It's intact. You got to trade these prospects at some point. But Coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live, I have some comments on Ben Verlander's take on the Otani signing. We're also going to talk about some of the financial implications of Otani. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live. And we also want to welcome in our new audience over on Instagram. And if you're on Instagram, you're watching the show, welcome to Dodgers Dugout Live, the number one Dodgers show on YouTube. And be sure to head over to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel so you're eligible for all of our giveaways. Gave away an authentic Mookie Betts jersey, giving away an Otani jersey pretty soon. So definitely be a part of that. You don't want to miss out. So also want to send a shout out to the Dodgers Nation app. If you haven't yet, definitely download that Dodgers Nation app, the best app in the game, all things Dodger baseball. And if you want some fresh Dodgers gear, head over to gearup.la. But let's catch up on these comments here. We got Ban Verlander from Dodgers Stadium. That's from Philip Subia over there. Otani will attract better free agents for the next 10 years. That's from Mike Saldana. He already has. Like I've been saying, I thought Otani wasn't supposed to pitch until 2025. He's already pitched to Yamamoto. He pitched to Tyler Glasnow, sent him a video, and Glasnow has mentioned it multiple times that he wanted to be a part of that. He wanted to pick his brains and be Otani's teammate. So that's a great point. I do think that is going to help them get players on the fringes, on the margins, because they want to be a part of this historic run the Dodgers could be on. 86 Verlander from Dodgers Stadium. Okay, so... Ben Verlander of Fox Sports 
Of course, he was on his show, Flipping Bats. And first thing I want to say is I've met Ben Verlander. Ben Verlander's a nice guy, likes baseball. I'm not going to be one of those guys out there that says, okay, if his brother wasn't Justin Verlander, he'd be flipping burgers. If his brother wasn't Justin Verlander, he'd be an Uber driver. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to go that far. But this take was a big L. Let's run that clip. Ben Verlander talking about the impact of Shohei Otani. Well, this means everything. It's the most important signing in Dodgers history. I have no problem saying that. It's the most important. It's the biggest. I think it will be the most impactful, and it's already impactful, not on the field, but odds-wise. The, the Dodgers are now the odds-on favorite to win the World Series. They signed Shohei. Well, guess what? That comes along with the territory. You're now the favorites to win. What also does this mean? Well, it also means you have the ability at this point, and this is something that's been so important to me, and I said it a little bit earlier, but I will continue to say it. This money, $700 million, yes, you get Shohei on your team for guaranteed the next 10 years, right? But this goes on forever. And I said this last week, I said it before, and I'll continue to say this, whatever team Shohei Otani signs with, will be remembered as his team forever. Shohei Otani now goes into the Hall of Fame as a Los Angeles Dodgers player. He won't be as an angel. He'll be remembered as starting his career with the Los Angeles Angels. But he's going to go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Dodgers hat. And he'll be remembered forever in a Dodgers uniform. Let's, let's talk Babe Ruth, right? He played with the Red Sox. He's remembered as a New York Yankee and will forever be. And he's a guy that is almost this mythical figure. He's a legend of the game. We see him in movies all the time, and he's in a Yankees uniform. That's what this is. And it lives on forever. It doesn't end after the 10 years. You're not paying $700 million for the baseball player Shohei Otani. You're paying $700 million for the brand that is Shohei Otani. And so much comes along with that. The marketing that you'll be able to do forever. The people that will go watch Dodgers games forever because Shohei Otani played for the Dodgers. I want to go watch a baseball game where he... What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mac here. I'm here to... So that was Ben Verlander saying that Shohei Otani is the biggest impact signing in Dodgers history. Come on now. Jackie Roosevelt Robinson would like to have a word. Okay. The Dodgers literally signed the player that broke the color barrier. They signed the player that signed on April 10th, 1947, made his debut five days after that. And we're talking about someone that had more of an impact than just in between the lines. We're talking about someone that had a cultural impact, an impact on society. There would be no Fernando Valenzuela. There would be no Hideo Nomo. There would be no Shohei Otani in Dodger Blue if it weren't for Jackie Roosevelt Robinson. This is someone who is an icon. And maybe, maybe just maybe, Ben Verlander will realize that the Dodgers' most impactful signing 
of all time is Jackie Robinson on April 15th next season when Shohei Otani is wearing number 42 in Dodger Blue at Dodger Stadium. Because Jackie Robinson isn't just the most impactful signing in Dodgers history or in baseball history. He's the most impactful signing in professional sports history. That's how big of an impact he had. And it wasn't just... Then he broke the color barrier. Just look at the things he had to endure. I'll never forget that quote when he asked Branch Rickey, you want a player who has got the guts to fight back? And Rickey said, no, I want a player who's got the guts not to fight back. That tells you the things he had to endure. Getting heckled, getting death threats, okay? He fought through that so all these other players after him can play this game and make millions. And we can see the Shohei Otanis of the world in Dodger Blue. And on top of that, Jackie Robinson was an incredible player. He was the first African-American ever inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. He was the first vice president of a major company that was African-American when he was that named after the Chock Full of Nuts Company. He was the first African-American analyst on MLB in history, this guy broke barriers. He took everything to the next level, and he was an incredible player, too. He's a six-time All-Star. He won the MVP in 1949. Like I said, his number has been retired, not just by the Dodgers, but by every team in Major League Baseball. Also, his 7.22 war per 162 is still the highest in Dodgers franchise history. So he was a great player. He changed the game. And yes, he always will be the most impactful signing in Dodgers franchise history. That is never going to change. So that was a big L, man. That was a big L by Ben Verlander. And my hope is that maybe he thought that that just, it goes without saying that it's Jackie Robinson. And he meant just outside of Jackie Robinson, but he literally doubled down throughout the take saying that. He was the most impactful signing. I mean, you could also probably make the case that Fernando Valenzuela was a more impactful signing when you consider the fact that without number 34 with the Dodgers, without Fernando Valenzuela, without bringing an extra 20, 30,000 people into Dodger Stadium and bringing an entire demographic of people that weren't there before because of the displacement of Chavez Ravine into there, you probably wouldn't have Otani. No Fernando, no Otani because the Dodgers wouldn't be the franchise they are. They wouldn't be the leader in Major League Baseball when it comes to overall attendance if it weren't for Fernando Valenzuela. And you talk about Hideo Nomo. So, yeah, that was just an absolute L. This uh, That take was just an, an all-time bad Ben versus Lander. But let me know what you guys have to say about that. Do you think that was an L take? But uh, Len Lurlander from Phillip, and he was way less polished than you. We just got the GOAT. Yeah. Uh, we get, uh, yeah, you could easily make the claim that Otani is the best free agent as far as player. That's pretty much an easy call. I mean, for you talk about Otani as someone who could go down as the most talented player of all time. But as far as impact, yes, he's going to have a huge impact. He's going to have a culture impact as well, but nothing is going to beat being the first. And that's what Jackie Robinson was. And that's what it'll always be. So that one really grinded my gears, man. Not going to lie. Uh, we got uh, Doug. Give yourself a fire take and a finish him. Finish him. Fire take. But also, speaking of Shohei Otani, a couple more, and we will wrap this thing up. I found this very interesting. Stan Kasten, he was on MLB 
Network, and he talked about Shohei Otani and sort of the pitch process, and I'm very interested to see kind of what he had to say about it. And he said to Otani, I told him during our meetings as we were talking that, you know, we tried to sign him 10 years ago when he was coming out of high school. He decided to play in Japan. We tried to sign him six years ago. And I said, you know, both our lives would have been very different if you had come here 10 years ago. And I said, don't make the same mistake. It will propel our popularity and all of baseball's popularity. So not only will it propel the Dodgers popularity, but baseball's popularity. And I do think that Shohei Otani, it's possible he becomes the Michael Jordan of baseball. I duly think, I truly think those are the stakes right there. I think he has the possibility to be baseball's MJ if we see a Bulls-like dynasty, four, five, six championships. I know that's dreaming big. Just let me get one first and we'll talk, but I think that when you talk about the impact and the growth of the game, remember, Magic and Bird, they saved the NBA from going bankrupt, but Michael Jordan, he turned it into an international phenomenon. I think Shohei Otani... From a global perspective, what he can do to the Dodgers brand and the sport, bringing in the casual audience, I absolutely do think that he has that power, especially when he comes back on the mound. So you look at, as well, the financial implications of Otani's dealing all the deferred money. That's going to allow them to have so much cash flow and benefit off that marketing with all those deferrals. So this organization is sitting pretty right. to dive into that a little more tomorrow. But before we leave, I just want to give you a little update on Cody Bellinger because a lot of you guys want Cody Bellinger back. I understand. You got the nostalgia. You got the member berries for Cody Bellinger. You know I'm a belly ever, but it feels like we're down to a couple teams. I actually spoke to Scott Boris about Cody Bellinger at the winter meetings, and here's what Scott Boris had to say. Hey Scott, would Cody Bellinger be open to a return to Los Angeles to the Dodgers? And do you think they made a mistake in non-tender him last offseason? Well, I you know, you'll probably have to ask Bruce that. Bruce, what do you think on that? Bellinger? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that in any of these categories, you know, when a player gets healthy and they do things. Uh, and I know my conversation with Andrew. Andrew knew he was going to return to his MVP. He was not surprised by that. So the idea was that they really had to make an economic decision. And that's what they did. And I think the Cubs made the right decision. But, uh, and and our, our platform, as Cody's let it know, that he's listening to everyone involved. And he's giving there's no excuses. Thanks, Scott. So there's Scott Boris saying that Andrew knew that Cody Bellinger was going to return to MVP form. I love Cody Bellinger. He's not an MVP right now, okay? If you look at the quality of contact, it's almost four miles per hour down to where it was. You're not seeing the hard hit percentage, the barrel rate, where it was, the average exit velocity. Yes, he's hitting for more contact. The average has been better. Still a really good player that's taking advantage of a weak market when it comes to position players as free agents, but still, he is not an MVP, and I don't think Andrew Friedman thought that. So I think they're still fine. Was it a mistake to move off of Cody Bellinger? I would say 100% absolutely not. I think it was a great move looking back because they found James Outman, and you've got James Outman on a very, un a very, very affordable contract. I mean, he's a guy who is far, far from free agency, and he is going to be under team control for a very long time. And those are the guys you have to hit on when you have a top-heavy roster of signings with Otani and Freeman and Bet. So I think that...
looking back, it was absolutely the right call. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you look at James Alvin, where he's at, he's pre-arbitration at the moment. So, yeah, 100% was the right move. I don't think they're going to regret it. Now, as far as where will Cody Bellinger sign, well, right now the feeling is that he ends up in Toronto. Now, the question is, does he want to be in Toronto? That's far from where he's from, in Arizona, but this is from John Morosi, who said the Toronto Blue Jays have emerged as the favorite for Cody Bellinger with the Cubs still in the hunt. If you want to take that with a grain of salt, I understand for obvious reasons. But Toronto makes sense as far as where they're at with their roster. They swung big with Otani. They're not really in on the Yamamoto sweepstakes. They need another left-handed bat. You're losing Matt Chapman. I could see him as a fit in Toronto, but it's not going to be with the Dodgers. That's Let's make that clear. Could it be with the Giants? Maybe. I think the Giants make sense as far as geographically staying a little closer to home, but it could be Toronto for Cody Bellinger. It's certainly not going to be the Yankees anymore, but he's definitely going to get himself a really nice contract. I mean, he could get over $200 million, Definitely got himself back to getting a big payday, but a couple more comments, and we are going to head out on today's show. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. Give me your fire takes. What are your thoughts on Bellinger? What are your thoughts on Ben Verlander? What are your thoughts on Burns? We'll wrap this one up here with a exclusive comment section. We got who here remembers Todd Bessinger. Yeah, there you go. I would love to see Kevin Kiermeyer. Don't mind a Josh Hader, and I really do think we should bring back Big Kershaw. We'll talk more Josh Hader tomorrow. I've got some more thoughts on that. We talked about him last week. Hopefully get some news on Yamamoto as well. Plane flying to Toronto. That is a finish in from Justin Lamas. Belly lands in Anaheim. Mike Saldana. I think Anaheim makes a lot of sense as a fit, too. I think from the fact that he's already established L.A. star. He's living in Arizona in the offseason. He's familiar with this market. I think he'd be a comfortable fit for him. I think instantly the fans would recognize him. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty solid call right there from Mike Saldana. Lemon818, we need to pick up players now and not wait on Yamamoto. But here's the thing, Lemon. You need Yamamoto as a domino to fall, and that way it opens things up for the trade market. So all this stuff will be accelerated quickly once that signing is made. Then you're going to see Snell. You're going to see Montgomery. Then you're going to see these trades. It's all going to be the dominoes falling, and then everything will work itself out. I just saw Cody's plane heading to Toronto. That's from our uh, RK over there. People sipping on belly and Kike makes no sense. That's from Orlando. I finally caught this show live. What up, Lacey over on YouTube? We appreciate you rocking with us. Appreciate it, as always, Philip. What's about what about Tiosca Hernandez DMAC? We've talked about it a couple times. If you guys want, we'll go a little more in depth. Like I said, strikeouts pretty high. Does hit home runs. Can get you 30 bombs, 25 to 30 bombs. Can play the outfield. I think it's the price, though. Do they want to spend 80, 90 million on an outfielder for that role, considering their needs? James, quote, Mr. Beautiful Outman. Christopher, you, you like your James. You can't get him outman, right? James can't get him out of your head, man. Mondesi was exciting. I love Raul Mondesi. Mondi, I have one of his game used bats. Dot com. Trade for Raul Mondesi. Belly needs to stay in Chicago or go to Toronto. What about JT? JT doesn't seem like he's in the fold. I will say, though, Justin Turner did tweet about Ben Verlander, which was uh, pretty interesting. And I think that everything that JT's done looks very managerial. Justin uh, Turner said to Ben Verlander, there is no number 17 without number 42. Come on, man. Hashtag SMH. Hashtag Jackie Robinson. Hashtag come on, man. Hashtag terrible take. 
Wow. Justin Turner went in on Ben Verlander. He also tweeted out, or how about 34? He brought an entire displaced fan base back to hashtag their fiend, hashtag you have a sombrero. How about JT going hard with the hashtags? I'm feeling that. Couple more. If Margot is an all-star, we won the trade. Mike Saldana, that's a big, big if. That'd be a surprise for sure. Her Lux is in great shape. He absolutely is. He's trying to increase those power numbers. DMAC, what about Jorge Soler? Jorge Renteria. I would love Soler. Can he be an everyday outfielder, though? Big question. I don't anticipate that. Forever El Rojo. That's from Dukies. Yeah, love me some ginger Jesus. Brian, what if we just went out and got Jesus Luzardo to the Dodgers? Yeah, we talked about that. Definitely a trade possibly I'm on board with. Lots of team control with absolutely cost of good amount of top prospects, but I definitely think it's a move that makes sense when you consider the fact that I think they would deal him at the right price, but it would cost a lot. Damn, DMAC did Ben hit on your girl. Let it go, Jerry. <laughs> no, man. Hey, man, I just it's all fun and games. But uh, I just think that uh, wasn't the best take. Any word on hater hired Dave Roberts? Oh, wow, going different. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dodgers have been, it. they've been mentioned with Hayter, so there's that. Will it happen? I'm not so sure. Uh, it's definitely down the list, but if they strike out on the free agents, they trade for a starter, and they want to play with some more money, Hayter could be the guy. Not a lot of teams are going to be out there that are in his stratosphere, right? Not a lot of people can afford, it's only a very select amount of teams can afford a top shelf, a top shelf reliever, right? That's like going to Irwan or Whole Foods, right? You, only the Dodgers can shop at Irwan, right? We got DMAC. Any update uh, on Teoscar? We talked about that. D Smack. You remind me of Ross Porter. Okay, I'll take that. Okay, that's going to do it, guys, here on this live episode of Dodgers Dugout. We appreciate you rocking with us. Everything you need to know about Dodger baseball in less than an hour. If you're not subscribed to us, a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. My name is Doug McCain. Friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Remember, nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball. Until next time, think blue, bleed blue. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home.